Friends, please turn with me this evening to 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. My friends, we're looking at this verse uh, tonight, and my subject is a saying about a saviour. A saying about a saviour. Oh, this is good news. This is good news, friends, because we need a saviour. This is wonderful news for sinners who realise that they're under sin, realise that they are condemned, realise that they have no hope in themselves. Oh, this is music to your ears, truly, that there is a friend of sinners. There is a saviour of sinners. There is a lover of sinners, not of their sin, but of those people and a desire that they will come to him, and that they will come out of uh, their, their sins, and that they will find a life in his name. Here is hope. Here is hope for a fallen world. A saviour has come into the world. Here is light in the midst of great darkness. Only light. This is the only light there is, friends, for this world. A saviour, the light that shines from this saying, from this Saviour. Well, this is a faithful saying. This is a trustworthy saying that we are looking at uh, tonight. A reliable saying. Oh, you can depend upon this particular saying. We need reliable statements in life. To function in life, to get along from day to day in a comfortable, assured way, in a hope-filled way, we need to base our life upon statements of fact. We need to know the truth. We do not want to be on shaky ground. We do not want to be on ground that is sinking sands that will envelope us and consume us. We want to walk in a sure way through life. Well, here it is, friends. Here is uh, a truth that we can stake our lives on. The last thing we want in life is to be taken for a ride. One of the worst experiences that we have and feel is that we've been cheated. We've been cheated and some, we've, been dis, we've been duped by somebody or something or some idea. And to find out, oh, I spent so long believing that person or so many years adopting that way of thinking and it was all wrong. It's all wrong. That's the last thing we, we, we want. We want the truth, especially when it concerns our spiritual welfare and our immortal souls and what's going to happen to them and it concerns our eternal destiny. We need the truth. We need a faith that is going to be based upon truth, solid truth. Well, it's sad to say, friends, what a society we're living in, a society that really is uh, permeated, we could say, with lies and deception and fraud of all sorts. There's so many different words, isn't it? Synonyms for, for the word lying and fraud. Oh, friends, uh, we need, we need uh, this, uh, even uh, today, the truth. Misinformation, disinformation, fake news, fake people. So much of this we have to 
contend with and live by day after day. We wish we could trust everything we hear our politicians tell us, but we can't. Unfortunately, sometimes independent inquiries are needed to establish what is the truth that they are saying. Fake news perhaps even permeates our uh, news channels. And the news needs now, nowadays to be fact-checked. We cannot trust everything that we see even. Recently, a man uh, Spoke, uh, a man uh, persuaded his family and his friends to invest in a guaranteed money-making scheme. And from his friends and from his family members, those who trusted him, he exacted a hundred thousand grand, hundred thousand quid. And uh, he, he used the money not in the scheme as he said he was going to do, but for gambling. And he wasted it all away in gambling, and how duped and how taken in uh, those family and friends were, how bad they must have felt, how terrible that he had done this thing uh, to them. Today, students can use artificial intelligence to write their own dissertation instead of putting in the hard work. Well, you can just type in the question into chat GPT and you can get a dissertation within minutes, all written up for you and you can present it uh, to your professor as something that is your own work, and you can get a good grade uh, for it. Oh, friends, we live in such uh, an age. We live in an age of professional con men. Professional con men. Those who make it a business and a habit to go around deceiving others and preying on the vulnerable. Vulnerable elderly people are now being uh, uh, urged to give away their savings online. Phone calls are made. Deceptive things are said. Vulnerable women are taken in into some romantic scam and give away their savings. Oh, friends, these are the things that are happening, sadly, amongst us. We could go back even to World War II. And you remember the, the concentration camps, the horrible concentration camps at that particular time. Well, apparently many of the German, the ordinary German people, didn't realize what was happening. They didn't, they just following the ideology of their leader at the time, but they didn't know what was all the terrible things that were happening until they were taken to the concentration camps after the war. And then their eyes are open. And then they ran out aghast at what they heard and saw uh, before them. But they had all been taken in by a lie. By a lie. We could think of it on a, on a much wider scale. Even sometimes nations rewrite history books and persuade their whole uh, communities that such and such events happened which never really happened. Oh, friends, there are plenty of unfaithful sayings. Today we're going to look at a, a faithful saying, but there are plenty of unfaithful sayings, even in the realm of spiritual things. You're one of the biggest, if not the biggest lie that has been spread throughout the world and has, been, has taken in millions and millions is that of evolution. Evolution is, is it the biggest lie that we're having to deal with in our day and generation? And we are being told that we come from animals 
And we have been told you're just a bunch of chemicals. And we've been told that we are just a higher form of animals. Is that it? Is that true? Oh, friends, they tell you it's based on fact. It's based on science. They don't tell you about the holes in their theory. They don't tell you about the things that uh, the question marks over it. There's so much uh, that is in the, on the other side. Death is, is the end, some people say. There's no day of judgment. This life is all there is. Your life is meaningless. After that, after you die, that's it. There's no accountability. You don't have to worry about anything. There's no day of, no day of judgment, no heaven. There's no hell. So you can just take it easy, enjoy life now. That's all they say. There's no need to be saved. No need to worry about your sin. God won't punish you because there is no God to punish you. Unfaithful sayings, unfaithful sayings. And yet so many people are cleaving and are basing their eternal destiny and future upon such uh, sayings. Oh friends, whom can you trust? Who can you trust uh, today? And yet, as we've said, trust is such a vital ingredient in life. We cannot live from day to day in an uncertain way, in a doubtful way. We need people we can depend on. We need reliable information. We need the truth on which to, to depend on. Well, here tonight is a saying you can trust. You can, here is a reliable saying. Here is a saying that you can depend on. Here is a saying, friends, you can stake your whole life on this particular saying. Verse 15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save uh, sinners. Well, let's look at this uh, faithful uh, saying. And I'm just going to mention a few things about it very briefly uh, tonight. This faithful saying, firstly we can say, tells us that salvation is found in a person. Salvation is in a person. And it's only to be found in a sing one single person. Salvation is not found within us. Salvation is not found by looking within. Salvation is not found in meditation day by day. Salvation is not found in chanting mantras. We cannot, friends, save ourselves. Salvation is not found in living out a good life, in being a good person, in being a good neighbor, in being the best person that you can be. Salvation is not found in anything that you do. Salvation is not found in your works. It's hopeless uh, to look uh, for salvation there. You won't find it. Salvation is found in a person. Salvation is found in somebody. Somebody must save me. Somebody must come and help me. Somebody must extend a hand and rescue me by His power. Somebody must do it. And it's only one person who can do that. You know, you may have heard uh, of the airline carrier, Continental Airlines. And in the mid-90s, well, they were in a bad shape. The company was on the verge of going bankrupt. Had lost almost everything in terms of the performance measurements. Well, they were at the bottom in almost every department. 
They were at the bottom in terms uh, uh, of uh, being on time. They were ranked last in terms of customer complaints. Mishandled baggage, that's another area. They were in the bottom of the pile for all these things. And so a new COO, new chief operating officer, was called in. And he turned things around. And he got rid of, of the stuff which they didn't need. And he changed the way they did things. And he managed to turn the company right, right around. And uh, the share price rocketed from $2 per share to $50 per share. It began to do so well. And it, and it came into the, the list, the top or 100 best companies to work for year after year after year. And people, uh, it was doing so well. This director, this man had come in and saved the company. But a business savior is no good for you and I. Business savior cannot help us. Today is November the 5th. On this day in 1688, a person, William of Orange, landed in Brixham in Devon by ship. He came there. Uh, he was a Dutch uh, prince, a Protestant prince, and he landed there. He was invited by people in this country, come over and save us from King James II, the Catholic king. Come over and help us. Come over and save us. We're worried about the future of England. And he came. He came and he saved. He succeeded in overthrowing the king and uh, 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 putting in place a Protestant king himself and his wife. But he was a political savior. We don't need a political savior. Political savior is also of no use to us. Oh, do we need a religious savior? Perhaps somebody like Martin Luther. Well, he did a grand job. He did a fantastic job. God raised him up to counteract all the superstitions, as we were saying this morning, in that 16th century Reformation. He did a tremendous amount of good. But even he cannot be our savior because he is a sinner. And he himself needs a savior like you and I. The savior that we need, friends, is a savior who's going to save us from our sins. Who is this person? Who is this glorious person? Here it is. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Salvation is found only in, the, in Jesus. In him alone. He must save me. He is able to save me if I go to him. He's willing to save me. He has the power to save me. Christ can do it. I don't have to look within. I mustn't look within. I mustn't look at what I do. There's only one place I must look, where I must direct my cry. Lord, save me. Lord, have mercy upon me. But then look at something else this verse tells us. Another faithful saying here is that this Savior came into the world. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That word came tells us something very unique about uh, Christ. You and I, well, we have a beginning, isn't it? We are, our existence began when we were born uh, in, into this world or when we were conceived in our mother's womb. And that's when, when our life uh, started. We will never die, but that was our beginning. But this word tells us something different about Christ. He came into uh, this world. It tells us that he was 
pre-existing before uh, his uh, birth. He existed in eternity. This is the eternal Son of God. Christ is the eternal Son of God, the second person of the Trinity. He who was, who was fully God, the one who, who reigned in heaven, the one whom all the angels adored. This is the one who came uh, into the world. This is the Savior. He's not just an ordinary person. He is the God-man, fully God and fully man. But he is the pre-existent God, the pre-existent Savior. He came, it tells us, he came into this world to save sinners. Oh, that tells us something else. That he wasn't pushed into coming. He wasn't uh, coerced into leaving heaven. He wasn't, he didn't just, wasn't forced to do it. He didn't come just because he had to come. He came voluntarily. He came willingly. He came gladly to do that work of saving sinners. He came because of his love for sinners. His love for his people. That's why he came. Readily did he leave behind Think of it, all that he left behind in glory. Readily he left it. Willingly he left heaven. Readily he took to himself a human body. Listen to these words. He made himself of no reputation. Not forced upon him. He said on another occasion, No man takes my life from me. I lay it down of myself. My choice to do these things. My choice to lay it down. My choice to come into the world. My choice to lay it down uh, for sinners. My choice to suffer and die in such a way. He knew what he was going to have to go through before he came. He was perfectly aware of the, the shame and uh, the, the horrors and the sorrows. The exceeding great sorrow that would have to fill his soul. Which we would have avoided if we could have done. But he came knowing everything that was going to befall him. There was no compulsion on his part. If a man is drowning in a river and a passerby uh, jumps in and rescues that person, well, he's a hero, the one who's rescued him. He saved him and uh, he's uh, worthy of some uh, praise. But we could say he's, he's just responded in a sense to the, the circumstances. It's a reactionary thing. He, it wasn't a planned thing. He was just walking by the riverside and he saw the man drowning and he, he jumped in. It's his instinct and his instant reaction to do that. Christ coming was somewhat different. Christ coming was not accidental, nor was it incidental, nor was it just as he was passing by, he saw, uh, saw us in our state. It was planned. It was uh, uh, premeditated. It was deliberate that he, he intended to come. The Son of God knew in advance what he was going to come, what, how he was going to be humbled, how is, he was going to be despised, how he was going to be rejected by men, how he was going to be put to shame on the cross, how he was going to be separated from his heavenly Father, and yet still he came in love for uh, sinners. Still he came, friends. Nothing reactionary about it. All was voluntary on his side. He came, we could also say uh, here, another truth 
He came on a mission. He came on a mission. That mission is to save sinners. He came to die. He came to be a substitute uh, for sinners. He came to go to the cross and to die in the place of all those who will trust in him, to bear the punishment upon in, in himself of all those uh, who will de depend upon his name. By the righteous life that he lived, he was obtaining uh, righteousness for them. And by his death, he was making a way uh, for them to be uh, forgiven all their sins and their guilt to be removed. This is the mission that God the Father sent him on. God the Father said to the, God the Son in eternity, will you go? Will you give your life? Will you live that righteous life? Will you suffer in their place? And the Son of God said, I will go. I will go. I will go gladly to do these things. I will go to be bruised on their behalf. And this is what Paul is rejoicing in here in verse 15. He's actually in the middle of giving his testimony. He's in the middle of telling uh, Timothy, this is what I was before. Look at verse 13. I was before, he says, a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And this Paul, when before he was Saul of Tarsus, well, we know what kind of a man he was. He was a vicious man. He was a violent man. He was a man who broke up families. He was a man who caused great pain to the, pe the people of God. He was a man who hurt the people of God. He was a man who caused great suffering and tears to run down the cheeks of, of wives and husbands and children by separating them. He arrested people, put them into prison. He hated the Christ. He hated Christians. He sought to bring them all back to Judaism rather than continuing the faith. And he persecuted anyone who was a believer. He sought to destroy churches like we have gatherings here that we have tonight. He sought to put them to an end. He was an enemy of the gospel. And as he says here, a blasphemer and injurious and a persecutor. And yet he says, I found mercy. God was merciful to me. And he says, if, in effect, he's saying, if God is so merciful to me, a sinner, well, he will be merciful to you. Look at what he says at the end of verse 15. Uh, Christ came, Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. God had mercy on me so that it would be an encouragement to you. So that when you see, whoa, God has saved such an awful, wicked, vicious man, surely he will have mercy upon me. Surely he will forgive me my sin. Oh, this is for us to take comfort from, to draw encouragement that if God did this for Paul, that if Christ saved such a sinner as Paul was, he can also save me and change me and uh, give me a new life. Well, friends, there is mercy, there is forgiveness, there is new life in Christ, the, the, the Savior of sinners. Well, I have one more thing uh, to say, and then I'm done. But uh, what must be, friends, 
our response to this faithful saying? Well, here it is, also in the text. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. It's worthy of all acceptation. This saying deserves to be received. This saying deserves your full acceptance. This saying deserves not to be passed by. This saying deserves to be received. Receive it, friends. Receive it in its entirety. Receive it fully. Receive it without hesitation. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Oh, it's a wonderful saying. It was a saying that was probably passed on from one person to another person in the New Testament church. Down through the centuries, it has been passed on. Why is it still being said today? Because it's a trustworthy saying. This is a saying that has stood the test of time. Here it is, friends. People have put their whole dependence upon it and found it to be true. Welcome this saying. Welcome it as a faithful saying for you. Christ Jesus, can you say it? Christ Jesus came into the world to save me, a sinner. Save me. Oh Lord, save me. Embrace it with all your hearts, friends. Believe it and receive it. Look to Jesus Christ. Look to him alone to save you. Tell him. Go to him. Tell him you're deeply sorry for your sins. Name your sins. Name those chief sins that are you're so, so aware of. You don't have to go through the whole list. But name those chief sins before him. Tell him, Lord, I'm done with these sins. I don't want them. And they, if they have still a power over you, Lord, deliver me from its power. I cannot save myself. Help me, Lord. Say to him, Lord Jesus, save me. Pardon me. My life is yours. Be my savior and be my Lord. Tell him, friends, tell him even tonight that you trust in him entirely. Will he save you? Of course he will. That's the prayer he doesn't turn away. Lord, have mercy on me. Here it is, friends. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we bless thy name that we have this good news and this hope uh, in the Saviour. We thank you that there is a saviour for sinners. And oh Lord, we pray that if we have not done so, that even tonight we may uh, turn to him, we may look to him, we may look away from ourselves and find in him the salvation of our souls. Bless us, we pray. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let's close by singing our final hymn, number 251. The Son of God in mighty love, 251.